Welcome to Power Talk Radio, where you can listen and learn from celebrities, icons, and everyday hardworking women. Their stories will empower and motivate you to be the best you can be. Our host, Tonya DeCosimo, is the founder of Power, professional organization of women of excellence recognized, and editor-in-chief of Power magazine. She is also an author, columnist, and has worked successfully for 30 years in the advertising and publishing industry. Welcome to today's program. Here's Tonya. Welcome to Power Talk Radio. I'm your host, Tonya DeCosimo, and I am thrilled to be joined by author and six-time Emmy award-winning newscaster and television host, Harris Faulkner. Now, Harris is the host of the Faulkner Focus. It's a daily daytime show, and she is also the co-anchor of Outnumbered. How are you, beautiful, talented Harris? Oh my goodness, thank you, Tonya. It's so good to see you. And we get to talk about something that I love to talk about today. Obviously, TV news is is utmost right now because of the election that's coming up. But even beyond all of that is a relationship with the good Lord. And I tell you, I never thought I'd be writing this book. I thought prophesizing and journalism don't go together, but that's not what I've been asked to do. I, I'm continuing the divine assignment that God has put on my life to be a witness and to tell other people's journeys and stories. And in this case, to tell the testimonies of people who lead uh, the path for the rest of us to, to follow in our own faith walks right back to God. A lot of people have fallen away from their faith. It's been challenged, as you know, as of recent with the pandemic, with a whole lot of things. So life is challenging, period. Yes, but yes. Um, this journey that I'm on right now, meeting people uh, who are believers, who have testimony, um, is a huge blessing. And I'm just so glad to be on it. Well, we are blessed to have you. We need more people like you in this world. Um, but let's go back. Before we get into the book, I want to talk about your upbringing. So your dad was in the army. Okay. Mm -hmm. How did your upbringing as an army brat, how did that focus and, and shape your life and your career path? Well, you hit the nail on the head with the word focus. It's why it's part of the title of my show, the Faulkner focus. When you live with a military leader, which my father was, he was a combat pilot, mm -hmm. uh, retired Lieutenant Colonel. When you live with someone who leads so many and understands that leadership begins with the relationships that you have with the men and women who are following you, then you learn to focus in on what makes them successful. And you're part of a household that is always mission oriented. I mean, the laundry was a mission. Everything was a mission. And there was a way to do it, to get it done, you know, with the most function and, and as quickly as possible. And I laugh about that now, but every now and then my two teenagers in my house, I have two daughters, one is 13, one is 15. So eighth and 10th graders uh, respectively. They'll say, mom, really? Are we on one of grandpa's missions now? I'm, I'm trying to watch TV. Can I fold later? No, you got to fold now. Fold while you're watching TV. In fact, when the commercial comes, double time it. No. Oh, that's so <laughs> So funny. I think just in terms of discipline and being able to take a task and see it through, I finish what I start. That's one of the big takeaways of, of growing up, what I call brat, military brat. Born, raised, and transferred. It's an acronym to me, not just a word. <laughs> Well, I'm sure everybody's drawers and closets at your house are 
tip top shape. <laughs> it's so true. Oh my gosh. You're feeling me, aren't you? <laughs> you get my vibe. I am this organization. Yes. My father went to military school. So believe me, my drawers look pretty good too. <laughs> Everything's all in its place. I love it. That's a great. You know, the, I, I will say this too, in a, in a world that literally it feels like at times is pressing against the the idea of law and order yeah and is almost embracing the chaotic nature of division that's where i think our country can be right now it doesn't have to be but it, it can settle into that if we let ourselves in that type of environment growing up military is really important because my dad was just such a patriot and I never lose sight of being in the greatest country in the world. And while it may be tough for us at times, we are still a beacon of light for the rest of the world. So I, I have a lot of faith and I pray for our country. I do more than just have hope. Hope is not a strategy, but prayer is a strategic, vital uh, step and action that we can take. And I believe that we will go forward and do better than the place where we are in now. And just as we've done better than the past. So let's get right into your book. I mean, faith still moves mountains, miraculous stories of the healing power of prayer. So what made you decide to write this book now? Well, the message that faith still moves mountains is critical to me. I think that, you know, when we were indoors for so long in lockdown, and I live in a cobalt blue state of New Jersey, so our lockdown was extended. Other parts of the country, you know, it depended on where you were, but we had so much COVID in our atmosphere, and uh, and it was a killer among us. The East Coast got hit pretty hard very early on. So when you're indoors and you realize that the good Lord has given you a way to have relationship with the people around you in ways that you haven't had. I mean, I'd never spent that much time with my children since they were born and I was on maternity leave. And these are the years that matter. One was 10, one was 12. We've been in this for three years now with COVID. So that's where they were. They were going to school in my house. I had a temporary television studio that became a permanent television studio over time. Um, we were all on the same bandwidth. They did a science project. Sometimes my video would glitch. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, we're all in the same pot, right? Together, pot of gold, I would say. What I learned from that was, I don't think I was effectively using my time right before. Hmm. And being in the house like that, I had to come up with a way to make big things happen without ever leaving my threshold. So I prayed more in my life at that time during those lockdowns than I remember ever before in my life. Because as a child, you learn your faith through your family, through your parents, and they take you to church and they teach you to pray and all of that. But left to our own devices, sometimes we can fall away from the prescription that prayer can be in our lives. And you don't have to wait to need the prescription, but you should employ it at all times because it indemnifies you too. It protects you too. So there we were in the house and things kept happening. They kept going wrong. One day I slipped and fell. I got a four inch cut across my eye and I couldn't go to an emergency room because they were saying, you can't come in. We, we're treating people with COVID. Our death count is too great. You can't come in. 
I reached out to a friend of mine on the West Coast and who's a surgeon. He talked my husband and I through it and it was peroxide, alcohol, and some duct tape. Even the makeup artist couldn't tell over time. I had a scar, but now it's gone. I was going to say, I don't see a scar. (laughs) Well, I am on makeup now. But I learned from that situation that I was trying too hard to make everything perfect for everybody. Mm. And that the mountains that needed moving in our lives as a family didn't have anything to do with ordering something off of Amazon. It, It wasn't a matter of getting everything to the house and making it all perfect. It was keeping relationship with each other. So we set a time every day in which we would pray. And, you know, when you get hurt, it slows you down. Yes. Way down. And I I think that this was an opportunity now. Like, I didn't get COVID, but I couldn't go to the emergency room because everybody else had COVID. Right. So now I'm kind of, you know, in that zone of, okay, so I'm going to lean in with my faith. And in doing so, my daughters would ask, well, mom, how has faith worked in your life? And when you tell stories to other people, Mm. suddenly you light their way. And well, mom, do you still believe? I mean, you fell down during this whole time. And I'm like, well, just because mommy falls doesn't mean that God isn't there. So we began this conversation quite organically. And then I realized that there were times that I needed to pray alone. Antonia? That's when it hit me. I'm not doing this anymore. I, I I had gotten away from, sure, I would go to church, but now I couldn't go to church. I had gotten away from what really mattered. And those were those quiet moments with God. It wasn't a group activity that I needed, even though I love my loved ones, my family in the house. Every now and then I would say, guys, let's retreat to our opposite corners. You go do homework. You go do this. And I did three things I needed to do. I set a time, a place, and I made sure I was alone and I was only with God. Those three things helped me to begin to move mountains from in my own environment, the ones that mattered. Teenagers are tough. They don't always communicate. The first mountain I moved was dinner hour. We sat in a circle together at dinner hour, not even always at the dining table, which is an oval. We started to get into the habit of making eye contact without devices. Tonya, that's so basic. Why don't we do that anyway? Uh, Right? It's not so easy, right? (laughs) No, but that's, and, and so organically, I started to kind of understand, let's write down some goals as a family. I'm working on goals by myself. And I can work on those goals through prayer, even in lockdown. I can still move mountains, whatever those things are. I prayed for healing. I read all these books on scar revival when you can't go to the store. (laughs) So, I mean, it was pretty amazing. You became an expert. Yeah, well, sort of, right? But what I did become more familiar with than ever before is that we are a vessel for those around us when we model what it's like to really believe. And so I started reading about other people's testimonies. And when I came back to work, Fox News Books was partnering with HarperCollins. So we're a new entity now, Fox News Books. And they said, we'd really like to to, to bring you in and, and see if there's a book you might want to write. 
And we sat down and I said, yeah, I think there is. And it's odd because I don't know that a journalist normally would talk about his or her faith. But I will tell you this, we should, because I know a whole lot of people on television and radio. I'm sure you do too, Tonya. We know a lot about their lives and very little of it edifies our own. Yeah. So if people learning that foundationally, I go to prayer in times of good and times of bad, then I think that's a good thing to share. You know, a lot, a lot more celebrities are coming out now talking about yeah. Mark uh, Wahlberg. Um, yes. He's unbelievable. The movie, have you seen it? Where he plays the priest? Yes. Father? Yes. Oh. It was a series, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, th I think, well, Ainsley, obviously, we know how uh, dedicated and spiritual Ainsley is. Um, but what do you say to people that have no faith? People oh, that are atheists, no, no belief in God. I feel, you know, so, I feel very sorry for them. First of all, with Faith Still Moves Mountains, it's a good place to start to understand how people made the jump from either giving up on their faith or not having it. I think the first place is to know that they are not judged. We are all in our own faith walk, mm -hmm. even if that walk doesn't necessarily include faith as we would know it. People who are agnostic, atheists, still have things happen in their lives mm -hmm. and they still hope, wish for something they don't always know what that something is. And they may believe that it can't be a greater than spirit because they've never seen that spirit at work. They haven't read the testimonies of people who have experienced miracles. Even when they weren't quite sure that God could even hear them anymore. Gallup has been since the early 1950s, the, uh, the polling survey research firm has been looking at the issue of, particularly in America, Christians believing. And what they found was in the 1950s, we were at a really, really high rate. And by the 90s, we had maybe come down only by a few percentage points though. So we were still up. If we were above 90, then we were still 87, 90%. But when they looked at the research most recently in the last year or so, we had fallen down a little bit, but most importantly, you know where we fell, where we slid? It wasn't that we don't believe that there is something greater than we. We don't believe that it intervenes in our lives. We don't believe that God hears us. We don't believe that we're actually praying to anything that listens and responds. We're giving up. And in a world that would love for us to give up the fight, you've got to lean into God so he can lean into you. So for those people who have, who are unchurched, who have yet to, to meet the Lord, I don't judge them, but I hope they're looking and judging those of us who say we believe, because there's an opportunity to model for them, to show just as we would those people in our lives that we love, that we're raising our children. We show them what faith is through our actions, through our words the kindness, the eye contact. Are we resilient? Do we finish what we say we are going to start and do? How do we tell this, the truth? 
do we can attract them to at least maybe being curious and if that's as far as it goes then we can be intercessors and we can pray for those people and hope that they find the path that they need to put them on the right path to god but you can't force somebody into believing so you can show them the beauty of it now you talk about divine assignment in Mm -hmm. life what is what does that mean exactly so that really came about this um commencement season when i was asked to speak at different schools Mm -hmm. and one of them was oaks christian out in southern california it's a beautiful campus and i wanted to reach the students in a way in which that they understood how powerful coming back into society in person has been because this has really been the year right 2022 has been kind of the full year back so they had experienced being on digital in, in school and then going back. And so in June of 2022, so just a few months ago, I'm before these thousands of people and I said, not only are you individual, not only are you capable of amazing things, but God has a divine assignment for each and every one of us and you. And it will be the thing in your life that you are just led to do and when people ask you to do it you do it for free because you know you do it better than anybody else and that it is necessary it is called for it is anointed and you know it when it's in your spirit i'm a communicator that's what i do i connect people i'm a connector i tell other people's stories i'm a witness I help others to testify to eloquently and in memorable ways and in honest ways empower us with the facts. That's my divine assignment. And if God wanted me doing something else, he'd make sure I was doing it because he knows he's got a good soldier. I've been tested. And you know, he tests the ones that that he thinks we're all tested. God God bless you. Yes, we're all tested. I'm curious about you. Am I allowed to ask any questions? You're an angel on earth. I don't know. I think of you. That's what I think of. I try to be a light. (laughs) You know, it's just, it's such upsetting times. And I pray a lot as well. Um, But sometimes you just, you question God. You do. I mean, you you can't help it. But, you know, in these times of political divide, you know, even five years ago, if you were a Democrat, and your friend was a Republican, no big deal. You could go out to dinner together. You could have fun. You could learn to agree to disagree. So true. That's gone. What? How, how do we get that back? I mean, how do we learn to agree to disagree? I think we are together. I, I think we don't let each other off the hook. And before every conversation of consequence, whether it's a speaking engagement today with you, I pray. And I ask God one simple question because as much as my mouth is a blessing, it can be a curse. I get myself into all sorts of trouble because I just spit out the truth. And some people aren't ready to hear all of it yet. Um, And I ask him this one thing, Lord, would you help me in those moments that I need to be silent to be silent. Because if I'm not silent, then I can't listen. There's a reason why those two words have the same letters. 
in a different order, obviously. That is my great prayer to him. I, I realize the gift that I've been given of communication. But to augment that, I need his supernatural favor and strength and mercy and guidance to make sure that I'm listening. And then I can speak with confidence mm -hmm. and with the blessing of the moment, which is important. Yeah. So those times when we doubt and we all doubt, you know, when you're immature in your faith, when you're still young, you sort of treat God like Santa Claus. So you get on your knees and you say, God, if, if you do this, I'll do this. And if you do this, I'll do this. And by the way, here's my list. It doesn't work like that. We have to first listen. We need that time, place, and aloneness. We need to sit there in solitude and commune with the good Lord. Try, I tell people this all the time, try not to have the moments that you practice your faith through powerful prayer only be about when you're in trouble. That's part of why we feel like we lose our connection with God. Because we're so desperate at times when we go to him that when things don't get fixed, we lose our faith. Oh, true. But if, if we would lean in in those times that nothing's happening, do you know that he will bring a miracle upon you that you weren't even ready for? You didn't even see what's coming. If you will praise the Lord and say, God, I'm on my knees today. Or maybe you pray in a chair wherever your, your place is. And I'm asking that you hear my my prayer of gratitude, Lord, and I want to list some things that happened to me this week that I'm just grateful for. And Lord, I, I know that I can always bring my troubles to you, but I just want this session to be different. And Lord, now I'll sit and I'll listen to see if there's something you'd like to quicken to my heart. If you do that enough, it's hard not to be connected. But if the only time you ever go is for help and oh my gosh, blah, 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 blah. It's hard to see when God is answering you back because sometimes he says no and you missed it. Mm. You didn't want to hear it. God, my best friend's just been diagnosed with breast cancer. I'm in trouble. I know I haven't prayed in a while, Lord, but if you would give me a sign and if he gives you that sign and it isn't exactly what you think you want to hear, you lose faith. You think, well, God didn't hear me or he doesn't care or he doesn't care that I'm praying or he doesn't really do miracles. We can't see the total plan. And that's where faith comes in. Yes. But the more you pray, the easier it is to me. It's such a strategic, vital action to take lines of communication. The more you keep that line of communication open, the easier it is to believe that when God tells you no, when he shows you a sign, that in his timing, he's not ready to do that one thing you keep asking for, mm. that you know something's coming because he does hear you. We make a plan and God laughs. Sometimes he does, because you know what we do? We're unfaithful. We'll make a plan. We'll tell God about it. And we'll say, God, if you could help me work on this plan. And you know what we do? We're like unfaithful wives. We'll <laughs> then go up the street and we'll tell our friends and we'll say, well, you know, I prayed about it, but what do you guys think? And whatever you guys think is what I'm going to do. Um, and God's probably like, wait a minute, you came to me. I'm working on your problem. I'm not a Pop-Tart. I'm paraphrasing the Lord. 
<laughs> but we we do have to when we lean in always finish within your timing i'm not saying don't share things with your friends and family but you can't possibly go down the block and expect them to solve all of your problems when you've just put everything in, in the lord's hands i was going to mention the prayer closet it's one of my favorite chapters in the book ernestine reese in her 80s a big twister hit in 2019. You may remember because former President Trump went and visited uh, the area in Lee County where homes were decimated. Yes. Her house down to the foundation. Do you know what wasn't destroyed? Her prayer closet. She was in it. Wow. She suffered a broken hip. That was fixable. She prayed the whole time. And I tell I tell her testimony in her words. And I, I mean, it's it's so powerful to hear someone, even in those moments. God, I thank you. Lord, I I I, I throw all of my gratitude your way as I'm stuck in this this place with the storm around me. I am in my prayer closet. Remember, you got to have a place to go to pray. Yes. Ernestine definitely had that. And the good Lord saved her inside that space. It's really an amazing story. And she's somebody who's believed her whole life. And then the test, the ultimate test came and she didn't let go. That's just one of the testimonies. We're all being tested every day. Yeah, we are. So Tonya, I'm curious in what you know from listeners of your show, what is the one thing that people say they believe or they don't believe about faith. But what do you hear? You know, it's actually, it's pretty sad to be honest. Um, and, and it's just happening more now than ever where people are just losing their faith. Even going to church, I go to church every Sunday. Does it make me a better person? No, I choose to go to church. But I look around and the church is empty. Really? And, you know, I think people are still using COVID as an excuse. But the stores are packed. You go to the mall. The mall's packed. People are going to restaurants. People are going to parties. And I look around and I just get so upset. And I said to a friend of mine, you know, I used to see you in church. I don't see you anymore. Well, more of an acquaintance, I should say. And, oh, well, you know, I don't go because of COVID. I watch it on TV. I watch mass on TV. Wow. You know, again, I can't judge people, but yeah. I see a lot of excuses today because of COVID. Um, I see a lot of people very depressed today. More people than ever are on medication wow. for depression. Um, you know, I, my family, thank God we all go to church. We see each other Sundays for dinner. We pray as a family. You don't mm-hmm. see that anymore. You don't see families having dinner together and praying as a family, like you were saying earlier, you do with your family. It's just the family is broken. Uh, women today trying to balance it all, working full time. You know, they have their careers, they have their family. So it's how do you find time for your family and to pray? You know, I always say those that pray together, stay together. Um, But I I just see a lot of uh, resentment, uh, a lot of people losing hope and not having that faith that they should have. I think 
sharing testimonies with each other is really important. Yeah. I do. I, I think that stories and the nature of the action that other people take is infectious. It can be negative or it can be positive. I chose to write about those that are positive, but they are not without their blemishes. Mm -hmm. And I think that the reality of where people are, where God meets us is really important to talk about given everything you've said. And the most impactful thing you said to me was that you go to church and it's empty, but you go to the mall and it's packed. The truth is people do have time to pray. Yes. The question is why they are not making it a priority. Mm -hmm. And part of the reason is they don't feel significant enough in their lives to think that it would matter. This is not about God. This is about whether or not you think that your time and your energy and your faith are precious. Yeah. And they are. Start and, there. They yeah. are precious. They're more precious than you might even imagine for that next person who might be watching your testimony to decide not to jump off a bridge. And I say that we tackle mental illness um, a lot in the news. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when, when I tell the stories and faith still moves mountains of people who have gone to the brink and the Lord rescues them because he is a rescuer. He drives purpose and resilience. Those are the categories of the stories in my book. In rescuer mode, the idea that mental illness can get us to the point where we know we need help. And we know we need more than maybe even medicine can do. So what is the, what is the action you will take in a world that would rather we give up the fight? We're much easier to lead if we don't have purpose, mm -hmm. if we don't stick together. We're much easier to lead into anything that anybody would want us to do. The devil is alive in, well, not well. He's, he's the alive. devil, but he's alive and he's taking disciples every day. Mm -hmm. So if we aren't going to be part of those who are led in the wrong way, then we have to decide to walk in the right way. And, you know, I love the mall too, <laughs> but I can't do too much of that and have time for all of the things that I know God has put into my life, because there's no way that I would have the opportunities I have if it were just left up to Harris, Kimberly Faulkner. I, I wouldn't have two shows, two top 10 and all of cable shows on Fox. Wouldn't have that. My Queens at home, my little women of, uh, under construction. I wouldn't have Bella and Danica. I wouldn't have my husband in a healthy marriage. I, I wouldn't have my health right now. That's an up and down thing. We go through stuff. I lost my dad on Christmas day of 2020. I lost my mom four years earlier at Thanksgiving. This holiday season will be the second one where I don't have a parent. And so what I make sure I do is I want my children to know as much about my faith foundationally during the holidays as I want them to know what the gift list is like for the cousins. <laughs> See what I'm saying? <laughs> and if one thing the pandemic gave us, I think, Tonya, it's a little bit of our time back. Yes. yes. Now we, know we can get a few things delivered. We don't have to go out every time and, and buy. 
we can get a few things delivered. It's not about giving 90 gifts. It's about giving one quality one that matches what you know about that person. Mm -hmm. I try to give things that edify people's lives. Um, this is what everybody's getting from me this year. Oh, I can't wait. What? It's actually a prayer book. I love that. I love that. So it's inside Faith book. Still Moves Mountains is a prayer book. Yeah. Uh, and it's called Four Moments When You Need a Prayer. A theologian and I wrote it together. And each prayer has a topic. And on, you know, on Thanksgiving, if you're just giving thanks in general, gratitude is one of those topics. How do I become an intercessor? You know how like you'll run into a girlfriend and she's going through some stuff and you'll say, oh, I'll pray for you. But yeah. do you really? How do you? And how do you effectively pray for somebody else? And the prayers are all, you know, just a few sentences long. And I, like you, I, I want my family to have the benefit of knowing how to put this in action. And I want others, millions of Americans to have that opportunity too. You're just, you're an amazing person. Like I so said, are you. you're an angel. But oh, I have you. another question for you. How yeah. do you balance it all? You are so busy doing a million things. How do you balance it all? So the first thing I do when I get up in the morning is I give that entire day to God. In fact, this morning, I, I had so much to do with my husband out of town for a few days. Um, my girls have their science quizzes and everything else. So our day starts around 545 or so with everybody. And I said, God, I give you this day because it's too much for me. Lord, you've so mightily blessed me. I don't know what to do with it all. And I give him the broken parts too. This week, especially as we head into November, I miss my mom. Sorry. She was the most spiritual person I have ever met in my life. She never lost her faith. And I miss her. I miss her guidance in telling me that it's okay to make a mistake. Yeah. It's okay to, to be tired. You're, this is not a race. It's okay to just want to hug your girls and not go anywhere. It's okay. You have permission to do nothing. You can put it on the calendar. So I give it all to him, including particularly the broken parts. And I say, whatever you help me with today is what I will accomplish. And forgive me in advance if I don't recognize the fact that it's enough. Yeah. Because I'm human. You know, things will go right and then you want more. Mm -hmm. Things will go right again and then you want more and then something will happen bad. And you'll say, why, what, why is this happening? So true. It's a balance. Life is a balance in general. Um, so that's the first thing I do. Now you're going to laugh at the second part. And because you've gotten to know me a little bit, you're going to know that this is probably embarrassing, but I'm going to say it anyway. Okay. I have a blackboard in two places in my house, one in my closet, and one in the laundry room. Okay. One in my office. In fact, if I turn this around, I don't know if you can see. Did you see that blackboard? Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Everybody's got a something to do. <laughs> I am like the general and I, I give everybody a mission. I have become my parents. Tonya, it's, I've become them. And so everybody's got their mission and I make sure everybody's got their thing. I don't try to overload them. 
but I'm the 13 year old. This is you today. When you get home from school, I need you unloading the dishwasher. The 15 year old, when you get home from school, I need you separating all the laundry and we'll start the procession. Um, so I have a lot of help at home because I designate the role of mom. It's a lot easier now because the first thing I do in the morning is ask for help from the one entity in my life, the good Lord, who I know doesn't need anything other than my love to get it all done. So busy woman, busy lady. Yes. What's next? For you? <laughs> well, next? you know, uh, we're doing election rehearsals, so I'm just going to give you what's next, next. Okay. <laughs> I want to yeah. like put you to sleep on it. Or as my husband says, you're stressing me out with your schedule. Sit down. Um, so in a little while, we're going to start election uh, because we're two weeks out now from the midterms. And I have to be honest with you, the input and engagement of voters right now on both sides of the political aisle, mm -hmm. just in terms of, of getting to the polls early and, and all of that. I mean, look at Georgia's early, early voting, a place where they said the election laws were, what did they say? Crazy. Jim Crow 2.0. Yeah, yeah, that's what they said. We won't get too steeped into politics here, but everybody's going to the polls there in person, early voting, and we're still two weeks out. So with all of that engagement, we're going to try and make sure that election night is something that I will have my own studio that night that they'll come to for voters voices, which is something I do on my program, the Faulkner Focus, mm -hmm. and we'll have a live audience and we'll be able to, with magic and technology, focus group that audience in real time. So that'll be fun. Uh, the book comes out on November 15th. Yay. The next week after election. I know I'm so excited. <laughs> and I am going to just live in that moment with people. It is doing very well in pre-order. So I'm very blessed for that. And people can go to foxnewsbooks.com, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, anywhere now, and they can pre-order their copy. And then I'll have some exclusive engagements as an author. I'll go to the villages. I'll go to a mega church with Robert Jeffress, huge Southern Baptist church. You may have heard of it um, down in Dallas. Okay. And I'll do the Patriot Awards the week the book comes out. Right. Have you been? No, no, I haven't. Oh, we got to get you a ticket to the Patriot Awards. Oh, oh my goodness. I'm doing it huge event in Naples, Florida, November 18th. Is that the same day? It I is the same day. Oh, wow. But we will be right up the street from each I other. I'll be in Fort Lauderdale. I so, was so upset. I was like, oh my God, it's the same day as my event. Well, we'll do it next year. Okay. But I'll have a book signing there. This is my first year to do the Patriot Awards. And I love it because you know what? We're going to recognize Americans who've done amazing things. Yes. And um, at each engagement that I have with people, I'm going to ask them to meet me at a place and time for that book signing. And before we do anything, we're going to pray. We're going to pray together and we're going to hold hands. We're going to hold church. And for just a few minutes, we're going to put everything outside our prayer circle. Mm -hmm. And I'm taking all suggest. I mean, does somebody need a prayer? Is, is somebody seeing everything go well and they're afraid the shoe's going to drop? You know that too. Some yeah. people don't, they, they just get so freaked out when things go well. Don't be afraid of success. God yeah. means that for us too. So that's what's next for me. And then we'll see what my next divine assignment is. But you know what? It's all enough. 
Yeah, you're busy. I mean, faith still moves mountains. I, I love that title. God bless. So bless powerful you. woman. <laughs> right back at you. You've got power written all over behind you. I love that. I deal with powerful women all day long, but I have to, I don't know if I could say this, but you're one of my favorites. I mean, I really, I really admire you. Thank you. I don't say that to all of them, but what does the word power mean to you? Courage. Mixed with truth. Mm. Mixed with love mixed with passion and when you bundle that together that makes us unstoppable that that love is a divine love love of our fellow men and women of those close to us and those we don't know loving in its purest form Passion is something that happens when you're dedicated to something. Others are counting on you and you deliver. Or as my 15-year-old would say, you're clutch. You've got that passion. Courage is something I think we're missing. Mm. When, I, when I think of Uvalde, Texas and those cops who didn't go into that school, thank goodness for the border patrolman. Courage. You got to have courage. You, you shouldn't be able to lead a snail across the floor if you don't have courage. One of the uh, chapters in my book is about, and I got to meet the grandson of General George S. Patton for the book because I, I read a story and his dad apparently was strong in his faith and for the Battle of the Bulge, which World War II hinged on, he sought out a prayer from a chaplain. I mean, can you imagine the most powerful general in our history in America? Like he's gonna go do that. And then he, he talked about courage. And, and really in those moments when things get tough, being tougher. And that's part of my military upbringing too. Yeah. Um, so, so those elements, I think, are, are super important. And that's what that word means to me. You can't have power without them. Not true power. Yeah. Can't have power without God. Well, that's the original source. That's that divine love. And the only way that we shed it is because he sheds his grace on us. So that love, that that mixed ingredient and those four things I think are so important. I'm glad you asked that question. What is power to you? Power to me is God. I just think of, anytime I hear the word power, I think of God. I think of intervening, helping people in a positive way, being a good role model. Yes. Um, just helping others. And, and you know, let's face it, power could be a bad word also. You know, it's all how you use it. I mean, my company, my organization, my ma magazine, these are all powerful women. They have a powerful story to share. They empower others. Mm -hmm. And... Um, just amazing some of these women that i meet and to hear their stories really very inspiring very empowering and it's it's a reminder i think to all of us why we need each other you're in a unique position tonya 
to collect the stories of courage and love and divinity and divine assignments and and faith and and god's grace on this earth you you are edified by that i would imagine but then you bless the rest of us because you're a connector yeah yeah you're our connection point so if i got together with all the women that you've interviewed can you imagine we could probably fuel a spaceship with our faith uh, the ultimate we're the ultimate connectors <laughs> yeah i mean come on i i love your divine assignment i mean we we could it would be like jet fuel <laughs> you know what let's face it some women aren't easy but i have to tell you people ask me tonya oh you deal with women all day aren't there so many complainers and i'm like yeah you know sometimes it's easier to deal with men but I have to tell you, I just, I meet so many amazing people, so many amazing women. And I'm like, how do you even do what you do? You know, I think I do a lot, but I'm like, oh my God, you're, you're amazing. You're successful. How do you do all this? So it's just, I'm constantly learning constantly. Well, one thing I would say that I do, and this is, you know, maybe part and parcel to the balance, um, and sometimes the good Lord will force me to do this. I just sit all the way down. I think that time away, and it doesn't have to be like an adventure vacation or anything like that. Just time away from your daily responsibilities. I love holding my girl's hands because I remember when my youngest used to have dimples all over her fingers because she was just such a, a love, lovey. She was just bald for three years, the whole day. <laughs> and every now and then I just want to sit and hold their hands. And I, I know a lot of powerful women who say, take your vacation time, take your break time so that what you do doesn't break you. And I agree with that. I think that you do have to take those moments. Yes, and for prayer on a daily basis. And then overall, just have nothing to do for a little while. Yeah. Let, let God, make space for God to do something else in your life. Yeah. You never know what that something else is. And I'm sure there is something coming. And when I put one thing down because I've completed that task and I've finished what I've, I said I was going to do, the Lord will give me that new divine assignment. And as powerful women, and now I guess I should consider myself one of those that you have on as powerful. Yes. Um, I can say that we are capable of so much because we know how to let go when it's time. Yeah. Yeah. What do they say? Let go, let God. Exactly. And he will. Yes. Let go, let God. Well, I have to tell you, you made my day. You made my week. You made my month. You made my year. Aww. <laughs> well, you made mine and I hope everybody gets a copy. Oh. Uh, Faith still moves mountains. Yes. I can't wait. And that is my gift to everybody for Christmas, my family. They're getting your book. They're getting a prayer book. And I have my own copy. It's the only one. Oh, beautiful. Actually, my daughters have already written in it. <laughs> I will show you that page. But yes, it comes out on the 15th. I'm so excited. And I am so, so blessed and grateful that you would talk about Faith Still Moves Mountains on your show and with all of your listeners. So thank you, Tonya. Thank you, Harris. And God bless you. And I'm excited to have you in the winter issue of Power Magazine. Yay! Uh, I'm so excited for that. And just tell everybody, where can they find you? 
I know they really know where to find you, but if they want to email you or is there any way for people to get in touch with you directly? Oh my gosh. So my social media is actually really interactive. Okay. I, I mean, I pray with people all the time. I find Twitter to be a little bit of a gar garbage dumpster, yeah. but if people reach out, my, you know, we'll follow, we'll connect, but okay. usually Instagram yeah. and it's at Harris Faulkner for all platforms, Instagram and Facebook. Definitely. I'm actually really easy to commune with because <laughs> those two platforms to me, I can talk about faith and I can do that. Yes. Twitter can be kind of tough. Yeah. Yeah. So not there, but I mean, I'm right there on Amazon. I'm right there on Barnes and Noble connect. Yeah, absolutely. Harris Faulkner, everyone faith still moves mountains. It does. It does. Yay. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Power Talk Radio. We hope you were inspired by our show today and look forward to our next episode featuring another empowering woman. To learn more about being part of power, go to powerwo.com. That's www.powerwoe.com. And follow us on social media.